to, I'm not going to do a long introduction because I already did that, but um, tell you what, would each of you just say, Holy Spirit, Spirit. open up my heart heart. to receive all that Paul has for me, that you gave to him for me, me. in Jesus' name, amen. Paul Yadao. got to taste the uh, California dance and music here and it feels like home to me because I know that there's so many uh, Filipinos here in this, this region. <laughs> um, well, uh, Pastor Brent uh, introduced me as uh, Leif's, uh, one of Leif's son and uh, I really love to be uh, like connected to him because uh, one of the greatest things that happened to my life is that impartation of the Father's love. And I I would be sharing a bit on that, but uh, let me begin with some testimonies of what God has been doing in our uh, family, Destiny family. And uh, it's just crazy, uh, you know, every time God shows up, good things happen. And we know that, right? So uh, a while ago, uh, I was just reminded of uh, the recent things that the Lord has been stirring up among our kids and watching the video. It's just awesome. Uh, my, my daughter, Sophia, she's eight years old. She got activated into the prophetic, uh, especially prophetic arts. Uh, Theresa Denmon and uh, some of the Bethel students were there just two weeks ago. And so they've been visiting our church for three years in a row now. And uh, God is just doing amazing things. And my daughter, Sophia, had this word of knowledge and she drew this uh, foot with like an arrow pointing like pain in the ankle region. And so she calls for that word during our Sunday worship service like um, we were about more than 300 in that, that church celebrating. And uh, she calls for that word, and four individuals came forward, and they, they were suffering from pain in their ankle. And so what they did was she puts her drawing on the ground, on the floor, and the four of them just step on it, and instantly four of them got healed. <laughs> And after a she, she she's just fired up and she said, I got another word. And she started drawing another prophetic drawing. And by the way, this is not just my daughter. This is for all our kids being stirred up in prophetic arts. And they were just calling uh, sicknesses and healings were just breaking loose all over. It's just amazing when we see our kids just being activated to do the supernatural things as if that's what is natural. They, they don't have barriers of fear. They don't have barriers of uh, unbelief. They just do it. 
And our, our eyes were just, whoa, God, this is amazing. And um, we went to another town, like eight kilometers from our place. Our place is Los Baños, not the toilet, but <laughs> it's, it's a place of baths. The, uh, there's just so many hot springs there. So, <laughs> uh, we went to uh, Kalawan and, uh, with, with the team of Bethel, and uh, we, we had worship time, and the worship was just, just awesome. And God started just showing up in, in such a way that uh, the, the Baptist pastors are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They, were start, they started speaking in tongues. And this is, this, uh, it was a weird summertime because there's just this uh, downpour of rain and, and late in the afternoon it started to drizzle. But in the midst of that, they were just being baptized with the Holy Spirit in, uh, as our worship team led in worship uh, with, with the students of Bethel. And God just moved powerfully. And again, we started the activation of uh, word of knowledge and uh, prophetic arts and one of the students got this word of, of, of a woman with uh, pain in, an, in her ankle because of accident and true enough a woman came forward and she had an accident and a fracture in her ankle and so what they did was to put that prophetic uh, drawing on, on her foot and instantly she got healed come on Jesus that's way out of our box. God just moved way out. <laughs> we, we, cannot, we cannot make formula on this. He's just too wise and too good. And he's just waiting for us to step out. And so that woman who got healed instantly, um, uh, in, that, in that session we, we did activation. And Teresa... Um, activated the whole group and then the, the Bethel students and afterwards we sent them out to to do it in the streets and one I think more than a hundred of them went out to the streets and started doing it and the woman who was healed from that broken ankle um, she was this uh, she was with this group and they, they saw this um, group of uh, um, teenagers so they, they approached them and the woman started sharing her testimony. And she, she observed that uh, one girl was almost shouting at the, the other girl. And uh, she was actually the sister, the older sister of our girl. And this girl uh, suffered uh, deafness for 16 years already. And so uh, the one who was ill she said, oh, maybe we could pray for her. And she stepped out and just touched her ears, and boom, the ears opened. <laughs> it's just, God is always in a good mood. He's so good. He wants to amaze us. He wants to partner with us. He is our best dad. He's the greatest dad. And I, another story, I always share this uh, in the context of, uh, of what God has placed in our hearts to pursue family more and more. 
the, the model of family is the centerpiece of the kingdom. God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. Let us, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the first divine family said, let us make man in whose image? Our, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the pattern in which the church should be walking in. This is the pattern, it's relationship, it's, 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 it's honor, it's love. This is the pattern, let, let us make man in our image and likeness and let them rule. The more we go back to this pattern, the more we are given authority to rule. We will look, we look for strategies, we will look for techniques and expect power or authority. No, no. God said, let us make man in our image and likeness and let them rule. The more we connect in love, the more we connect in family relationship, God is always a father because he's got a son, Jesus, eternally, before the foundation of time. Before there was a creation, there's a family. Okay, let, let, me, <laughs> let me go back to my story. <laughs> family story. After receiving an impartation of, of the Father's love, these, these things just came on me to pursue more and more the Father's love. And not just for my, my individual experience, but the more I pursue the Father's love, the more... I understood that the way to deal with the orphan mindset is to create a culture in which tangibly and experientially people would come to that place and truly experience love and acceptance. And it's not just way out there by revelation, it's way down there by experience. When, and when the revelation becomes a lifestyle, then we have a revival culture. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to my testimony now. <laughs> uh, we have this group of women. We have small groups uh, going on. And, uh, you know, prior to the impartation of the Father's love, I'm, I was... A workaholic, I was a stressed out pastor um, to the point of burning out. <laughs> I, I like to control things. I like to make sure things are doing my way. <laughs> but God messed me up <laughs> with this love. It's just boom, it, it hit me so hard that I stopped just performing. I started to just receiving because everything in the kingdom of God is to be received none of it is to be achieved so if everything in the kingdom of God is to be received then the key is to be good receivers the question is how do we receive And sometimes we, we, we get a revelation and afterwards we perform for the promise and we end up with Ishmael's. 
Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Nations are not problems to be solved. They are inheritance gifts to be received. That's Psalm chapter 2 verse 8. And the verse 7 of that actually prepares verse 8. Verse 7 says, Today you have become to me a son and I am a father to you. Sonship prepares us to that place of receiving. The more we walk with an orphan mindset we cannot receive, we will always try to achieve. So, uh, after the Father's love impartation, the Lord just brought me to so much hunger for Him. And it's, it's like love sick, being lovesick for His presence. Not that, not that I don't have Him, but I want more. So, from that initial impartation that I received from Leif when he laid, laid his hands on, on me. And by the way, I'm a veterinarian by profession. He laid his hands on me May 2006. And I hit the floor. And I, was, I started to stand up and I heard the clear voice of God telling me, you stay. So I stayed and I started to shake like crazy. And I'm a veterinarian, I know uh, voluntary movement and involuntary movement. And that thing was not something that I made up. It was, uh, and I tried to stop it. The more I tried to stop it, the more it got wild. And I went, what's, what's happening here? And that happened in a Lutheran church. It's on a Lutheran church. And it's, okay. And so my friends picked picked me up, Bob O'Neill, and he's a huge guy, and said, what, what's going on with you, Paul? And because I stood up, and by the way, I was so drunk. Well, prior to this experience in May 2006, I already fl was flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I saw people healed. Um, I preached, and revival happened in, in, in the early days of our ministry. And I cannot go into details of that. But I was so drunk to the point that I could barely move, but one thing... I felt like there, were, there was oil just dripping in my hands. I was just like this. And when we walked to the, to the hall, because um, it was turned for uh, the session of Bill Johnson, and we met Leif there at the hall, and my wife with me, and we asked him, could you please father us? And of course, Leif's response is like, <laughs> And he said, well, I'm going to the Philippines in 2007. Maybe you could pray about it. And maybe, and then my wife gave out, blurted out this Jacob type of prayer. It's like, I, I won't let you go until you bless me prayer. <laughs> That's a Filipina passion coming out. It's, and she said, no, we cannot wait that long. We're so hungry. And Leif was stunned. And he, he told us later, he, he felt something hit him. And he asked my wife, what's your name? And Almira, and he, he kissed her on the forehead and laid hands on her. And so remember, uh, we already got an impartation 
we, we ask him for the second impartation, which is the Father's love, the Father's uh, baptism, oh, blessing. And so he turned to me and said, what's your name? I said, I'm Paul. And then he kissed me here, and he said just, just this. He said, I will father you. I believe in you. I release favor on you. Something dropped in my, my account, spiritual account, as if I exploded within. I already was shaking as I was walking, and then something dropped. I was so drunk, but I knew I received something. I receive an inheritance. It was not in the place of striving. It is in the place of resting in hunger. And since then, uh, just doors just opening, open up for us. Nations open up. Uh, Malaysia, we have a work in Malaysia going on, Cambodia, we have been baptizing Khmer Cambodians in Mekong River where Pol Pot killed a lot of people and drowned them and now Cambodia is turning to the Lord. S Singapore. <laughs> so, <laughs> went home with so much hunger. The importation is not, to me, just a one-time experience. It's, it's a seed by the Holy Spirit. I learned how to nurture. And so I would soak in the presence of God night after night. Not for duty, not for responsibility, but for relationship. The one who is the greatest of all, the one who is love. The one who is so perfect, bigger than the universe, the one who existed before time and eternity. He is my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and night after night, I would be in his presence. I found my home. I don't need to perform out there. Why labor when you can have his favor? <laughs> I tried to labor and run my ministry, and I hit this level. I learned how to receive. Now there's no more limits here. I find joy in, in pastoring. And if, in fact, I don't run a church right now. My sons and daughters are running our churches. I'm a happy pastor right now. <laughs> oh, it's a long <laughs> introduction. So we, I, I would soak, and people would want, our leaders would want to join me to soak. I, have, I, I call this small place, a sanctuary in our house, and I would, it's actually just a piece of carpet. <laughs> I would lay down and just for hours from 11 to 3 a.m., 11 midnight to 3 a.m., night after night after night. And I would tell these stories of my encounters with God, and our, our leaders would say, can we join you? <laughs> 
I said, just come, come over. Four of them joined me one night. 20, 30 minutes in soaking. The glory of God came. They could see angels. Flashes of light. They were being electrocuted. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> the carpet, the carpet. <laughs> On the carpet. And then it, it went from, from 11 to 3 to 4. And then they shared the story. And more people came. And at one point, 20 of them. And it got noisy in our house. <laughs> and do dogs started to bark <laughs> at 4 a.m. <laughs> and I said, let's set a place in our sanctuary, in our church, just for soaking and encounters with God. And now they're doing it in small groups. Every small group, they know how to soak. My son David, he's 12 years old. Oh, you boy, you would see him soak. He would have his iPod on, and he would just lay like this, and tears would flow. And you just get near him, you could feel the presence of God. In fact, Daddy Leif said one of his greatest impartation was when my son Dave laid on his chest and just cried. He got a powerful impartation in 2007. Hosting the presence of God with our hearts. I'll tell you this story of <laughs> these women. They were gathering and soaking in the presence of God for an hour. And afterwards, the leader, the spiritual mom, started to share from the word. And of course, they asked for prayer. And here's this one mother who is due, overdue to give birth like five days overdue. And she, she, she didn't have enough money for C-section. And so she asked for prayer. She said, could you please pray for me? I don't have money and I'm overdue. So the leader, they were all soaked up in the presence. Okay? So they prayed in Jesus' name. You know what happened? The baby just popped out. <laughs> Come right there. No labor. Come on. No labor. <laughs> Woo, come on, Jesus. No labor. You know what happened to the small group? After the baby came out, they just scattered. We, we don't know what to do. They look for a midwife to cut the umbilical cord. No, no labor. Two months after, <laughs> this same group, same group, again soaking in the presence of God, this story spread out. So here's this first time uh, uh, guest who came and she's pregnant. Again, there's an outbreak of pregnancy by then. <laughs> she heard the story and she said, I'm about to give birth and I don't have... Uh, money and I heard a story could you please pray for me <laughs> so again they soak and then whoo we're ready 
So they prayed, and the leader had a word, and she said, you will give birth in 30 minutes to a baby girl. And that woman is really poor. She didn't visit, had uh, like, um, like to examine the, the, the baby. And you know what happened? In 25 minutes, the baby just popped out. Again, no labor. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> uh, it was a girl. And a girl. It was a girl. That same group, a woman with um, her baby was pronounced dead in her womb for almost a week. And she was about to be operated to remove the dead baby. She went to that group. They prayed for her. The baby kicked. Whoa. Alive. When we learn to host the presence of God, great things happen. There's amazing things. And sometimes we try to figure it out, like, what's the first step, the second step? Oh. It's love. Our job is to be loved, to stay in love, and to go out and flow with love. That, that, that house church, that small group now, is like, they, they, they have their Sunday service, they have 100 members right now. Just, it keeps on growing because of the testimonies. I have had my experience of just hosting the presence of God because of just hunger. And we were, we were soaking, this was in Manila. And we were soaking, the glory of God was all over me. We were watching Steve Swanson's uh, worship. He was leading during the voice of the apostle. And we were just so heavily soaked and afterwards went out. And on the parking area, my, one of my sons saw this man on wheelchair. And so he got a brilliant idea. <laughs> and he approached the guy and he said, do you want to walk? <laughs> so, of course, the man said, uh, he said, yes, I want to walk. And then, I, but by that time I came and I asked him, do you want to walk? And he shouted back at me, yes, I want to walk. <laughs> but remember, I was, we were filled with glory. We learned how to receive, not to achieve. Asked him and said, can I grab your hand? And I said, now, rise up and walk. He stood up on his wheelchair. This is on the streets of Manila. Jeepneys all around. He started walking like this. You could see an empty wheelchair and a walking man. People started to gather and they said, we know this man, he's not been walking for years. He's not walking. And he said, the, the guy said, I have a problem. The mayor gave me this wheelchair. Where do I put this? <laughs> Give it to someone. <laughs> That's a good problem. Yeah. I'm sharing this testimony to you because the kingdom of God comes 
in a seed form. An encounter, a time of worship, or a word, or a stirring in your spirit, an impartation. I want to share from, from our experience. How do you establish a culture that attracts heaven? Continuous invasion of heaven. Many times we would have meetings and events to sustain the move of God. To have events. And events are good. And I'm not saying we don't have events. We have events. But the way I see revival is this. It's not just waves. Sometimes when we look at revival, we want spectacular things. And then we say revival. And sometimes it's not just a wave. It's the tide that rises up in the quietness of time. In the night. In those seasons where no one is watching. In those seasons when you... You press in because you want more of Him. So it's both a wave of suddenly He comes like power. Suddenly He invades your meeting and people are being messed up. And you could, you could not continue with your preaching. And that's so good. He comes like a wave. But sometimes he comes like tide. Now a drop of promise, a drop of seed, you nurture. What comes from his presence will only be sustained by his presence. So you have to go back to the presence of God. And say, I don't know how to go about this. I say at chapter 9, 6, and 7, and we, I know you're familiar with these verses. Unto us a, a child is given. Unto us a son. Okay. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. There is that growth process. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the extent of his government the expansion of this government, there will be no end, right? And it says there, from the throne of David, he will establish justice and righteousness until forevermore. Why the throne of David? I believe everything that David did came from his heart. Say with me, heart. All, all, of, kingdom, all of the kingdom matters are matters of heart. Leadership is heart. Fathering is a heart matter. What proceeds from this heart, you will see as fruits. So, the throne of David, everything he did from his leadership as a king and to his encounters with God, his heart for the nation, everything proceeds from that heart. Why am I sharing this? Because Jesus specifically gave us parables he said, to you I give parables so that you will know the mysteries of the kingdom, right? To them, to those, the parables are so simple, yet it is package of God in which those who are hungry will able to partake of the nutrients of the parable. 
they will get the mysteries of the kingdom. And one of the greatest parables for me is the parable of the sower and the seed. He said, the seed is the word of God and the soil is the heart. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The seed will always give you the full potential. Are you with me? Again, my, if I have a title for this message, this is How to Keep a Culture That Attracts Heaven. Because if what we want is just event after event after event, then we will not establish a sustainable move of God. We can never. We have to understand that this, this is, I like what Papa Jack, Jack Taylor says. He said, life first before ministry. Life first before ministry. Let's share life first. And from that place, we do ministry out of what we experience in that sharing of life. And that's how we do ministry now. My best friends are my sons and daughters in God. And they're the ones who would carry our vision and run with it. And we see it happening. Why? They trusted us. So again, the word... The kingdom comes in a seed form. Once it drops in the right kind of soil, in the right kind of heart, what's the potential? 30, 60, and 100 fold. The heart of David, the throne of his heart, is a soil that is fertile. From the throne of David till forevermore, the kingdom of God expands. So it happens to your children, to your sons and daughters. The supernatural, the realm of heaven is welcome and host by what kind of heart? The heart of David. A hungry, desperate heart. A longing. Heart captured by love. Hosting heaven. In the midst of pain, they shouted, I will declare your name among nations. Wow. You know that psalm? He wrote that psalm when he was in the cave of Adullam. He said, I will declare your name among nations. Crazy David. He lives in a different realm. The cave becomes a throne room because his heart pulls heaven. His hunger pulls heaven. So whenever God sees that heart, boom, he, he just connects to that heart. One man pulls heaven. How, what's, what's the title of David? He's the man after God's own. Now, this is my dream. Why not a people after God's own heart? One man. Pulled heaven. No cell phones, no uh, Facebook, no internet, Wi-Fi connection, no nothing. But what made those people, his relatives and the 400 disgruntled, discouraged, outcast of society, be drawn to the cave of Adullam? 
If not, it was a God setup. <laughs> and I sometimes, <laughs> it was really God. What David did was just to hunger. I will declare your name among nations. And I received the Father's love impartation. I will go to the presence of the Lord. One hunger, one man, one heart, pulled the presence of God. What was his desire? He said, I will declare your name among nations. In the most difficult times in his life, God was expanding a heart. And so when you read 1 Samuel 22, God brought this 400. And by the way, pastors and leaders, small group leaders, sometimes you pray, God, use me to change the world. And God gives you the discouraged, the destitute, problematic. Come on, smile. Let the joy of the Lord be upon you. That's God's answer to you. David knew. He recognized that God was in the middle of it. Because he refused to be offended. He refused to be... Uh, to be his dreams... His, he lives in a reality bigger than his actual situation. He lives in the realm of heaven. He talks with God and he said, When you say, seek my face, oh Lord, your, your face I will seek. He's, he's got those conversations with God. Face-to-face -face encounter. If we, if, we, if we would just try to organize family, forget it. It won't work that way. We have to capture the heart of the Father so we could start fathering others. We have to learn how to walk as a son to the Father so we can be better fathers. If not, we would reduce everything on the, base, on the, the level of our gifts and our experiences and not according to the level of his heart and his presence. And I received the Father's love. The first thing I did was to gather my, our, our pastors, our leaders, and we confessed to them our mistakes, our sins of uh, being orphan leaders. And I said, forgive us for hurting you. Forgive us. But, but, but from this time on, I'll see to it, by the grace of a father, we will father you. We prayed on them, the father's blessing, the power of God hit them. They shared in the electrocution. <laughs> they were shaking like this. Oil was flowing, healing was going on. The oil came down. Because first, I have my encounters. 
But I'm no longer the boss. I'm the cheerleader. I bring them to an experience and they would take it, take the revelation and make the most out of it. And they could preach a better sermon than me. And I would just, come on, go for it. That's it. Before, I would be insecure. Now, I would just, woo. And so they, they, they love. They love to dream. They love to dare. They love to risk because they know they are loved. They are accepted. They know that I'm there. We will be there to walk with them in the journey. And if they mess up, I would say, I'll stand up, stand up for you. You're my son. And I will stand up for you just like what Daddy Leif would tell me again and again and again. My son, even if you don't preach any longer, no pastoring whatsoever, you're still my son. And I treat them that way. David first was an outcast. What bunch of people did God give him? Outcasts. He first experienced that. But his heart was fixed, pulling heaven with his worship. He says, turn around. God gives him this bunch of nobody without destiny. And he exposed them in glory. That cave became a throne room. And as this, this discouraged individual saw David engaging with God, they saw their destiny. They started to dream way bigger than they themselves, than their concerns. They started, and it's not just goosebumps. It's a daily lifestyle. They made David. Their captain. Look at this. One man, David. To this one I will look, the one who trembles at my word, contrite of spirit. God anoints him. He went through the process. He got promotion. Killed Goliath afterwards. A mad king ran after him. But he never changed his heart. Never took a shortcut. He went through the process. He let the word process him. Because it's not about preaching. It's about life. When the word becomes life to you, it will bring life to others. And so through the process... He was being transformed inwardly in a package of a shepherd boy. A king was being formed. Yeah. And sometimes you, you receive big words, huge prophecies, and electrifying experience. <laughs> you shake, rattle, roll, <laughs> drool. <laughs> and sometimes you don't have a any clue at all. And it happened to me a lot of times in, in my time with the Father. Sometimes it comes to me like massive waves. And I would feel His love just wrecking every bit of me in a good sense. Sometimes He comes as a physician, a doctor with a huge scalpel and a 
beautiful smile. Come, Father! And he would deal with me and he would and stand up of that experience and my, my wife would know the difference, my sons. The importance of one impartation. Oil was poured out on David. He nurtured, prayed, he said, I will declare your name among nations. God brought him an answer to the prayer. He transformed this. One, 400, 600, the nation of Israel. Nations. Who wants to touch the nations? Blazing fire, church. Start with this. And look for your sons and daughters. To nurture. To bring to the presence. To transform. Well, I have to, to open my iPad to read scripture. <laughs> Let's look at how Jesus did it. Let's go to Mark. I'll just read Mark chapter 3. And I have 15 more minutes to. Mark chapter 3. Let's read from verse 13 to 15. This when he chose the twelve. And when he went up to them on a mountain, on the mountain, and summoned those whom he himself wanted, they came to him. And he appointed twelve, in NIV it says, the twelve later on called apostles, so that they would be with him, and that he could send them out to preach, and to have authority to cast out the demons. Take note of this. Jesus prior to that, was doing his ministry all by himself. Multitudes were already coming, coming to him and healing just breaking loose. But for the culture of heaven to be established, he has to have this small group. And the scripture says he chose them. He appointed them. And in, when you go to John 17, he thanked the Father, for it was the Father who gave them to him. So they are gifts. The 400 disgruntled, uh, discouraged people are actually gifts. Can we hear a big amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> the Father brought this 400 for David. This 400 who became 600 eventually became his mighty men of war. Why? Their hearts were knitted with David. Now Jesus is about to establish not just a Jesus miracle ministry. No, no. He knows his assignment. His assignment is this. 
to invade earth with heaven's reality. On earth as it is in heaven, right? And we heard this story again, we, this preaching again and again. But how did Jesus do it? He did not just demonstrate casting out demons and said, All of you who are sick, just line up and I will be the healer. No, no. He calls for his twelve. He looked for his sons. He prayed overnight for them. And to hear a full message on this, this is actually polishing your arrows. How do you recognize your sons? So he went up to on the mountain and summoned those who himself wanted. First of all, there is that sense of what? Affinity. There's love. There's, you want to be with that person. God would suddenly shift your heart. It's like when Leif prayed for us, he said... He finally felt something got connected. And I could tell you stories after that connection with Leif, how God just trans. So I was just, what's going on? I was pinching myself several times. Am I dreaming or is this for real? It was so real. Right there, healing's happening right, right there. That was 2007. In 2008, by the way, because of that, um, that experience, it brought me to greater hunger. Because during the day, we will do pastoral uh, uh, training or uh, uh, training for just church leaders. And uh, Leif let me, let me preach for 15 minutes about my testimony. And I preached. And then afterwards, uh, I, was about to go, I was going to the restroom. And boy, people started to line up. Whoa, line up for prayer, start praying for this individual with, uh, like, uh, stricken with stroke. I prayed for her. It took me 10, 15 minutes before I see, like, changes. And I got to third first person. And I said, how could I finish this? It's just, it's just impossible. And by the time our guards pulled us in to, to get into the van, because the I mean, we could be squeezed by, by people. And just literally, people would pull on your sleeves just for you to pray for them. It wrecked me. Wrecked me. I went to the hotel and said, I cried. I knelt down. I must have more. Not for me. But for them. I was, I was wrecked by the Father's love. It's not about the signs and wonders. It's about the Father's love. How many times we, we hinder the flow of the power because of our unbelief or because of, of our, of our like, excuses or whatever. When it is the heart of the Father to use us. And so we, uh, we went home to, I went home to, to, to the Philippines and night after night, my, 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 1 to 11, 11 to 1, 11 to 2, became 11 to 4 to 5, and I would cry, Father, I must have more. I went up to the mountain. Jesus summoned his disciple, come up here. There's that level in which we have to move up. This is so prophetic. 
In the scripture, when you hear the word, that invitation, come up here. Exodus 24, for example. He calls on Moses. He said, come up here, Moses. Bring, uh, bring Aaron and his sons, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders. And God showed up. Uh, have you read that? God showed up. They, they, they saw the form of God and he was standing in the place where he was standing. There was sapphire. In short, heaven was there. You don't get to see sapphire on the surface of the mountain. But God was standing on sapphire because heaven was there. And then afterwards, he turned to Moses and said, Moses, it's time to come up. The priest, stay here. This is an amazing thing. Look here. In the original invitation, there was, Joshua was not mentioned. It was just Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 elders. And suddenly, when God said, Moses, come up here, Moses turned, and he said, Joshua, come with me. Did God ever say, don't include that boy? Now, listen to this. I believe in the father-son relationship, the son gets to enter a realm where the father enters in because of relationship. Because of honoring, because of covenant, because of, because of love. While the rest are performing, this one with a relationship enters, access around. I was here in this level, 2007. I got exposed in Daddy Leif's ministry in 2008. I went to India with Hosanna Lutheran Church leaders, Lutheran. We did, we did a crusade. And what Leif did in Pakistan, I saw it happening in India. I saw blind eyes open, lame walk. I saw people getting delivered. Why? Because I entered a realm. Because of relationship. Exodus 24 says, When Moses and Joshua went up to the mountain, listen to this, this is amazing. The rest of the mountain was covered with clouds. Did you get that? When these two teeny weeny individuals went up to the mountain to have an encounter, the rest of the region was covered with glory. Come on, let's give a hand to the Lord. So Jesus invited, he said, come up here. And when you read Mark 3, they already gave, their, gave up their nets. But there is that level in which you will be entrusted of the culture of heaven. They became apostles. People who could bring the culture of heaven anywhere they go. He said, Jesus wanted to be with them. I, I believe the first step is relationship. Wants to see heaven breaking earth, breaking down here. Let's start family. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, 
what was the result? Of course, 3,000 got saved. Acts chapter 2. But just figure this out. What if God give us, gives us 3,000 souls in one day? We're crying out for revival. But what if He gives us 3,000? How do we... How do we nurture? How do we cultivate? Ask this, that question. With the divine insight, the Holy Spirit led this bunch of 120 believers into an impossible task only the Holy Spirit could do. And they devoted themselves to apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. To worship. And then the Lord added to them daily. Why? Because there is that existing culture that could sustain those who would come in. Relationship. Love. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. I could just quickly mention the, the next two. He said he wants to be with them. It's relationship. And they came to him. That's the response. Not for anything, but for relationship. What's next? So that he may send them to preach. They have a message. But they were not sent out without being exposed to what Jesus was doing. Prior to that invitation, Jesus was already healing sick, casting out demons. Fathers, elevate the standard. Don't just preach. Demonstrate it. Go up. Love, embrace, walk with your sons, demonstrate it, let them see. And the third was to have power, authority over demons. To bring heaven to earth, we have to walk in authority. To release favor is equivalent to destroying the works of enemy, right? And so we have to have this culture in which we actually experience favor. We experience goodness. We tangibly see love, experience. So what we, we have, we can release. Not by so much preaching, but with authority. The people were hearing same scriptures read in the synagogue. But when it was time for Jesus to stand up and read, they were amazed because he was one who spoke with authority. One is relationship. Start with that. 
I would call that a life. I have my magic jack <laughs> from, the <laughs> from the Philippines, I would call him. I invested, I pursue my father. I would call him. And Daddy Leif, I love him as he is, and he would talk for 45 minutes. And I get to talk for five minutes. <laughs> he would tell me stories. <laughs> I would laugh. But I pursued my father. This is fun. And in the meantime, the Lord was giving me revelations. God he was entrusting to me words. And I would nurture that. And I would see that happening in my, my sons and daughters. And I would try to share that to Daddy Leif. And it was not yet time, I know. But the time came, he came to the Philippines for the second time in 2007. And we were in an auditorium in the university. And I was preaching. He said, there is a shift from an organization to a family, to relationship structure. While he was preaching, this is this auditorium, feathers showed up, huge, long feathers like this, floated. And the glory was all over the place. Three feathers. Another thing that he mentioned was this. The farther the river goes, the deep, deeper it goes. And the, the river is for the healing of the nation. If you want to see a sustainable revival, bring this thing that you're experiencing to the streets, to the nations, the least, the last, the lost. Because if what we do here is just to swim in the river every time and not to understand the purpose of the river. Jesus calls the twelve that they may experience his love. He wants to be with them. Next, that he could send them. Now do it. Wow. Can I end with this story? Just give me five minutes to close this. We were in Africa, I think it was in 2010, and it was the event of Leif. And I was part of the group, and uh, Leif wanted me to just go with him anywhere he goes. And so I was there, and I was watching what he's doing, and at one point, we were in Moshi, the city, it's a huge city, and he was doing uh, a salvation message, and like 5,000 was there, came forward, and he said, look at me, turn to me, and without, without any advice or what, he said, I have my son Paul here, he, he would pray for you, and you will be healed. <laughs> he says... So I was this, whoa, <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I stood up. I know my dad is there. I stood up and I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit telling me, Paul, just welcome me. 
in this place. So, like 5,000 there. I closed my eyes and I said, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I saw God move from here. People started to fall. Deliverance all over. Instantly, like one, in one instance, like 30, 40, just manifesting. They were being brought to the deliverance tent, and our, our team there, they were shouting, Paul, stop it, please, we can't handle this. And Leif and I went down and prayed for people, just released the Father's love. God said to Moses, come up here. Moses turned to a son and said, come my son. We can't accomplish much with family rather than just doing church an organization. Let's all stand up. <laughs> so, there's something to the heart of David. It, it attracts heaven. And that heart is a heart that hosts the presence of God because of hunger. Because of longing, because of thirst. Not for anything, not for power, not for the throne, his throne, but the throne of heaven to be established here on earth. And so tonight I invite you to just have that heart. I remembered after that impartation of life, I went to the, the, uh, the hall and Bill was preaching about pulling tomorrow today. So remember, I was already wrecked, and I started pulling Asia, Southeast Asia. I cried for nations. And a few months after, nations opened up. Wow. Right now, tonight, I invite you, for your family, you as a person, to pull your destiny. It's there, it's available. All kingdom matters are matters of the heart. So right now, just simultaneously, tonight, I, I could not help you how to pray for that, but just your heart, hungering God, Father, what's in your heart? What's in your heart for blazing fire? What's in your heart for my, my small group? What's in your heart? Give me, give me sons and daughters. Give me world changers. Oh, start with me, Father. Come on. Come on. Come on. Show. Just go deep. Deep calls unto deep. Yes, in the expand. In the expansion of his kingdom, there will be no end from the throne of David, from David's heart. He's looking for a heart like David tonight. He's looking for a heart like David. He's looking for a heart like David. I will declare your name among the nations. I will. Come on. Father, I just release this impartation over this room tonight. Over this room tonight. Oh. Let's start pulling. Let's start pulling. 
He is inviting you to come up to the mountain. There is an invitation tonight. Come up, come up, come up. Come up to the mountain. Come, come, come to the mountain. Come up, come up to me. Whoa, show, show. Ha, more of the Father's love, more of the Father's love, more, just more. Whoa! Let the love of the Father invade our hearts tonight. Shoo! Shoo! Whoa! Any one of you, you feel like, you know, it, the message really resonated inside your heart. I would love to, to just release impartation to you tonight. Um, I, I want to be sensitive. Those who have to go, you may go. But those who you feel like this message is, is really for you, you may stay. As, um, maybe Pastor Brent explain a bit on this for your people. I don't know. I could pray for everyone. I'm good. If if we have if we have people catchers. So uh, Paul's willing to, to lay hands on each person. 